Teaching with the biblical worldview is everything. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer, that is the heart and soul of your home. That is the heart and soul of education. That is the heart and soul of your relationships. It, for me, would be unnatural to teach anything, any subject at any time without connecting to God because God is in everything. Hi, you're listening to the Zan Tyler Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades and almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zan Tyler Podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. Before we get to our very special interview today, I want to remind you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, please leave us a review. That really helps us out. So today I have a very special guest with me, a dear friend, Sharon Fisher. Sharon is a wife, a mother, and grandmother who is passionate about encouraging homeschooling parents to teach children with excellence and a biblical worldview. Sharon has a very interesting background. She has a BS and an MA in elementary education, and she speaks nationally and internationally on a variety of topics for homeschooling parents and educators. She has served as an, as an elementary author for BJU Press, and she's a curriculum specialist in social media coordinator for Homeworks by Precept, a provider of excellent homeschool materials. And Sharon is now a homeschooling grandmom. That is a growing trend in our community, and we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that today. So welcome, Sharon. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Zan. So Sharon, tell me a little bit about your family. Well, um, I am the oldest of three, and the reason I mention that is that my sister uh, homeschooled her four for a while, and my brother and his wife uh, have homeschooled their three, and they are um, just still gradu- or graduated one and still have two left. So even in my own immediate family, I've got uh, kids that are, are homeschooled. Um, and then my husband's brother and his wife and their family have four, and they were all homeschooled. So of my 11 nieces and nephews, all of them have been homeschooled. So uh, there is definitely a connection there in my own family. Of course, there's my husband, Kurt, and then we have four sons. They range in age from 30 to 35. And uh, right now we have six grandkids, and they range from almost 10 to one. I've got now three boys and three girls, which is a big deal in our family because we had all boys. And so not those girls. Yeah, you know, yeah. So uh, it's been really fun. And of the two that are, are school aged, both of them are being homeschooled. So 
uh, we're just super, super excited about that. So tell me a little bit. Um, I want to talk about your work as a curriculum specialist, but first tell me about becoming a homeschool mom and what that's been like for you. You know, it, it's the best thing. Um, I've done a lot of great things and I've loved all the things. At this stage in my life, this is now the best thing. Uh, <laughs> and I talk about it a lot at conventions and I understand it and I know it. And that's one of the reasons I kind of brought up the all the nieces and nephews because I've been connected to homeschooling for a long time. But to actually be the person to do the planning and to sit with a wiggly child, um, when I talk about teaching wiggly kids and actually have a wiggly kid at my table <laughs> is a little different um, to build the relationship with my granddaughter in a way that I couldn't before because of homeschooling um, and to look forward to what I get to do more. Um, I'm already tossing around K4 in my head and trying to figure out, you know, what would it be like to teach two kids? I know what I say about it. I know how we encourage people. But now, can I be a working homeschool grandma and and teach a four-year-old and, um, you know, a fourth grader? So, we'll see. But it has been very wonderful, not only just to help me understand better what I talk about, but to have that relationship opportunity that I was jealous about when other people talked about it. And so now I get to experience it. Not quite the same as your own kids, but it sure is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I'll tell you, grand having grandkids are the best. And so, so Sharon, if you didn't pick up on this, Sharon taught in a Christian school where all of her boys went. And she wrote curriculum for BJU Press. And she's um, traveled and spoken all over the world just on curriculum, on the curriculum itself. And so now she's been involved, like she said, in the homeschooling community for a very long time. And now she is homeschooling her grandkids. So, Sharon, tell me just a little bit uh, get, or give us a little bit of advice for homeschool moms out there that may be in your same situation. They didn't homeschool their kids, but now... They're involved in homeschooling their grandkids, whether it's all the subjects or one subject. And homeschool moms, you might want to have your um, antenna up for this because there are ways you might be able to get your um, parents or in-laws involved in your homeschooling. Yeah, well, the, the first thing is, obviously, you want to be very transparent and, and honest, and you need to ask your kids, honestly, I need you to be honest with me. How much do you want me to be involved? And so when we first started talking about this, um, my, my daughter-in-law was already homeschooling and she was using parent-led uh, materials. And so and she was doing a great job. Uh, she was also expecting twins at the time and had a two-year-old at the time or, or one and a half. So her hands were pretty full. And uh, so I wanted to be able to assist. And at that time, uh, my granddaughter was going into third grade, and third grade is where I spent a lot of my time teaching, so I was really familiar with the curriculum. So, um, And I have the kind of relationship with my son and my daughter-in-law that I could be very honest, and, and she and he were both very honest with me. Um, and so I would say, first thing is you need to be very transparent, very honest, and um, and allow them to be too. Because a lot of times, you know, in relationships, kids or, or daughters-in-law or sons-in-law, they might think it's a good idea, but if they have reservations, they really need to be able to tell you, I'm okay with that, but uh, what are the limitations? What are the borders here? So for me, you know, I just said, 
this is your deal. You're the mom, you're the dad, you're the homeschool, you've developed your homeschool, you're in charge of the grades and reporting all that. But I will do anything you allow me to do. Now that just happens to be my situation. But for other parents, it may be something as as I would like to teach Bible or I would like to do the science experiments, or could I do the read-alouds? Um, so having an honest conversation with whoever's helping you about what you would like them to do or what the honest expectation is. Um, for some grandparents, you know, again, they may be working outside of the home. They want to help, but they don't know how to help or how much to help, or maybe they can't have the time set aside for me, when I'm not traveling for our work, I'm at home. I work from home. So I moved it, but that space right over there where that chair is, there's usually <laughs> a tray table there. And so when I, it's out in the hallway, um, but when when my granddaughter is here, and I have work to do at my computer. If I really need to be able to work in solitude and really think through things, I'm in here by myself. She's at the table. She has assignments to work on. But any chance that I can, I bring her in, in here with me. So I have some flexibility when I'm home. Now, your grandparent and your family might not only have, may only have Wednesday afternoons free or once a month free. So you need to talk about what kind of time commitments there are. Do they want to grade things? Not, you know, all those things that you really need help with or don't want help with, you need to be honest. And so for me, fortunately, for, because it's fortunate for me, I think they're allowing me to have free reign. Pretty much you just do whatever you are willing to do and we're great with that. But if they decide next year, hey, you know what? I would really like to do something different, co-ops, or I want to teach science or history. It's their game and I need to be hands off. Because at the end of the day, it's their child in their homeschool. And, you know, um, grandparents who are out there and listening, there's actually a grandparent association for homeschooling now because there's so many grandparents who are beginning to homeschool or help with homeschooling. If you're not comfortable with teaching, um, and you're, you're especially if your children have multiple kids, just helping with carpooling to sports or extracurricular activities or co-ops or keeping a toddler some during the school day, all those types of things can be a real help. You know, helping financially with purchasing curriculum if you're in a position to do that. So there are all kinds of ways that grandparents can be involved. So Sharon, let's, I want to switch for just a minute um, and talk about the importance of teaching from a Christian perspective or a biblical worldview. And I want to share my perspective on this just a little bit. Of course, I grew up in public school. I went to a liberal university. And um, so I really, even though I grew up in the church and I was a serious believer in high school and college, I had to retrain myself to think like a Christian, to think biblically when it came to academics. You know, I, I, I knew where I stood on pro-life issues and moral issues, those types of things. But it was really a stretch for me to understand that there was a biblical worldview perspective on economics and sociology and psychology and math. And, um, and so in South Carolina, when we had our first public hearing on, in, on homeschooling, it, then this was like 1985, 1986, one of the things the State Department of Education tried to do was to make a regulation where a homeschooling parent had to have 
a four-year college degree from an accredited uh, university or college and only use state-approved text. So that meant you couldn't use any curriculum. I mean, it had to be on the state-approved list, which meant none of it was going to have any type of Christian or biblical perspective. And we really believed at that point um, in our lives and the few homeschoolers that were homeschooling then that this was a hill worth dying on. And so we, um, we spent a lot of time fighting those regulations and, and coming up with a law in South Carolina. And, and it's, it's the case in all states across the country now that allows us to teach our faith and teach from a faith perspective. So tell us a little bit about why you think using a curriculum that has a biblical worldview perspective is so important. Um, Well, first of all, I want to say thank you. Um, And I would have said that anyway. Um, Thank you for that fight. And it was a, a hill worth dying for, not just for you, but now how many, how many years has it been later that I'm homeschooling my granddaughter. This is the first time, and I benefit from that. Um, so it, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal, uh, and praise the Lord. So thank you for for that battle, and thank, thankful to the Lord that He allowed that. Uh, it's everything. A teaching with the biblical worldview is everything. It is. It's the heart. If if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, that is the heart and soul um, of your home. That is the heart and soul of education. It is the heart and soul of your relationships. Um, and so it's, it for me would be unnatural to teach anything, um, any subject at any time without connecting to God because God is in everything. And so I know that it's done. And I know plenty of people who are believers who do teach uh, with materials that are not always Christian in nature, or maybe they're different levels of biblical worldview. Um, and God is so great. He has a plan for our children and we raise them in his um, nurture and admonition. And there's lots of places where we teach things to our kids outside of academics. But because we're talking about homeschooling, this is a key place. So whether you're homeschooling one subject right now, kindergarten, reading, or all the subjects, that's a lot of time spent talking about something with or without the influence of God in the Bible. You know, I want to mention something here, Sharon, is that that somehow we've come to the conclusion a little bit that there is neutral curriculum. But, you know, I just want to say that every worldview, every curriculum is going to have a perspective. And if our kids are being taught with a neutral curriculum, one that is neither hostile toward God nor favorable toward God, they come away from a week's worth of education thinking that God might be nice, but he's irrelevant. I mean, he's not important in solving conflicts. He's not important in history. He's not important in math. And um, and I think it's really important for us to understand that there is no neutrality here. Um, So tell us just a little bit, Sharon, um, about the at BJU Press because I know you have been an author for BJU Press and BJU Press is the sponsor of this podcast. How they go about ensuring that the worldview is not only included but it's shaped 
the curriculum is shaped by the worldview, not a Bible yeah. verse tacked on. Right now, and this is this is the best thing about them. There are so many wonderful things about BJU Press that I love. Uh, but this is the absolute best thing. And as, as a believer and as a person who just looks over material regularly, I'm constantly blessed just reading through it or just listening to the lessons. Um, and so they have a worldview team. There's a whole team of people and their job is to look at the scope and sequence of every subject. So let's, let's talk about, let's, let's pick math because that's usually the hardest. Or handwriting, but we'll go with math because that's my favorite to talk about. Um, and they look at math and they look at the kindergarten through 12th grade scope and sequence. And they look at what are all the skills? What are all the objectives that need to be taught overall? What, what does a kindergartner need to go, n- need to know? What do they need to know by high school? What do they need to know by graduation? Uh, and they have an overall picture. And then they also look at the individual subjects. Um, and in light of the objectives, they um, plan the worldview. And so a, a kindergartner is going to learn about God will be very similar in some ways to what a child in algebra is going to learn. But it's also going to be different because it's based on the objectives. And so the problems that they're trying to solve, um, the reasoning behind um, solving problems or the career links that are offered, um, the relationship and understanding that you have of God at certain ages are going to be included in the way the lessons are written. And so they look at the big picture and they also look at the individual picture and then they look through the chapters and they look through the specific objectives. So if I were teaching, let's say, um, a chapter on money, which is a pretty easy one to do. So we teach teaching kids about money and we're teaching them the value of money. We're also teaching them that God wants us to be good stewards of our money and so we should be wise in how we use it. But not only that, but our money is supposed to be not just for us. It's supposed to be meant to show love to our neighbors. And so one of the reasons we don't hoard our money or we spend it all on ourselves is that we want to have money to be able to care for for other people. And so even in a lesson where we're counting our nickels in the piggy bank as kindergartners or whether we're, we're making a spreadsheet in Excel for high school kids and we're talking about finances, at the end of the day, we're talking about a God of order, a God who has gifted us with dominion over the things that we have, and that includes our money, and how we are responsible to care for other people. And so you'll see that biblical worldview woven by objective, by lesson, by chapter, by unit, by grade, and overall. And it's totally age appropriate so that whatever age the child is, um, that child sees a picture of who God is. And not only that, but who he is in God's eyes and what his relationship looks like, um, whether a believer or not a believer, and then what that should look like in relation to other people. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Two things I want to comment on here. I was an economics major in college, fully expecting to go to law school after that, which I did not. God had other plans for my life. and I, But it was so interesting. The first time I ever really studied a chapter on the biblical worldview of economics, which it floored me to learn that there was one. I mean, that's how little I knew uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, But, you know, just the idea of private property, 
and stewardship and what private property does for an economy and a country um, as opposed to Marxism and communism and how that is all has biblical roots. It's really fascinating once we dig into scripture with that, those eyes of understanding that God is the author and creator of all things. It's it's pretty amazing. And then you, just what you were talking about, the curriculum causing us to focus on our neighbors. Um, I was reading a newsletter from somebody this morning, and they were quoting C.S. Lewis's book, The Weight of Glory. And she said, as, as he always does, C.S. Lewis has this little twist where he's not only talking about the weight of glory of God's glory in our lives, but we should be looking for the glory in our neighbor's lives. And how can we bring out that glory and how can we focus on our neighbors? Um, and, and so it's just interesting that you said that, that in this, in this, in the BJU Press homeschool curriculum, that a focus on a focus on loving God is first and serving others is second. And boy, right. if it, if that isn't a picture of God's scope and sequence chart, the two most important things to him are loving him and loving our neighbors. And right. that's foundational to this curriculum. So it's always um, it's always a curriculum, you know, you can trust as a parent. Well, and if you're teaching, you're homeschooling with a biblical worldview and that's your goal, um, you're wanting to equip your kids, right? So you're not just wanting to equip them to be able to pass the SATs or to get into college. And sure, you want them to be good human beings and to be wise stewards. But at the end of the day, you, these things have to be taught to them. So even in, in a math lesson like that, where we're talking about economics and owning land, what does that mean to a child growing up right now, living in the 2022 time period? What does that look like for my grandkids and for my children that are trying to buy houses now and buy land? What's the reality of that? So if we don't talk about that, that it doesn't happen. And then they're in a quandary. And so really, as Christians and as parents, grandparents, we want to give them those skills, real life 20th century, are we 20th century? What are 21st century skills? <laughs> we want to give them those 21st century skills. Um, and that includes those conversations. And that's the beauty of teaching homeschooling and teaching with a biblical worldview. So we can go actually do something about that. Let's go search this, the, the real estate market. Let's go, let's go talk to someone who's a realtor and find out what that looks like. Let's go be on the board of our church that's looking to build a property. Let's go help our friend who's trying to buy a house and let's learn from that. So your child is learning something. He'll never learn from a textbook. He'll never learn from a, a public school teacher or even maybe perhaps even a, a private school teacher. Not that they don't care. It's just not part of the agenda. And you have that gift to be able to do that. And having a Christian curriculum with that kind of biblical worldview gives you opportunities that you would have to come up with on your own, which you could. But it's a lot of work when we're talking about lesson after lesson, day after day, subject after subject. Well, it's nice to have a platform, just a, mm -hmm. a springboard for thought. So I, um, when we started homeschooling, um, BJU Press was the only curriculum I knew about that not only would sell textbooks to homeschoolers, but that would sell teacher's helps to homeschoolers. I mean, I there were two things I said I would never do in college. One was teach and the other have, was have kids. And so here I am teaching my own kids and I have absolutely no 
preparation for it. And so, um, and also, I just, I mean, this is really embarrassing for me to say, but we're reading the second grade reader. And I read the story of Esther with my kids. And it was really the first time I started getting into the Old Testament seriously as a believer. I don't ever remember hearing that story before. I mean, I grew up in the church. And then we were involved in a lot of ministries in in high school and college. And I'm thinking, I I think back now, (laughs) and I think, how could that be true? How could I have not known that? But, you know, the truth is, is when we grow up in an educational system and spend five days a week there where God is not important, you know, you can't make up for all of that on a Sunday morning in Sunday school and church. So the parents um, are trusting that too. The parents are trusting that the Sunday school teacher is teaching all the things um, in good, in good faith. And the teacher is trying to do that, but it's, you have one hour, I mean, it's 52 hours a year. That's nothing. That's how many hours? That's what, a week of homeschool, two weeks of homeschooling. Yeah. Yeah. That's you, can't, right. you can't put that kind of, you know, faith in that. And the other thing to realize too, is that again, and you know, this you're, you're educating your child during curriculum, during academic time, but you're, it's on your doorpost. It's on, it's in the car. It's everywhere. That biblical worldview, when you teach that way with these kinds of materials, it's always rolling off your tongue because you can't help yourself. That's part of what you're doing. So even in your parenting, if you're using materials with a biblical worldview that is that is intentional and have a, has a plan, a scope and sequence, it's just a continuation of a conversation you've already had, but you're getting some help. Like you said, you have that platform. So I know a lot of parents who have said the same thing and grandparents. I pulled out a teacher's edition and I couldn't even believe I didn't know these things. Um, me too. And even as an author, I'm going, what? <laughs> how did I not know this? Um, it isn't about how much education you have. Sometimes your heart is only receptive when your heart is receptive. And that's the yes. wonderful thing about God's word, right? You've learned and read it hundreds of times, but all of a sudden something is new. And so having an opportunity to homeschool gives you those more of those opportunities, not only for you know, your kids, but for you. I was talking to a pastor's wife at a co-op meeting, and I was asking her about, you know, teaching biblical worldview, and she was using a, a curriculum that did that. And I said, what do you think the value of that is? And she said, it has forced us to have conversations, even at the elementary school level and middle school level, that I would have never had with my kids until they were in high school, when I thought they would have a better understanding. She said, if I had waited until high school mm-hmm. to adequately talk to them about a biblical worldview and what it means, it would have been too late. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And then I know I've told you this story, Sharon, and I may have shared it with our listeners, but I think it's so important. Um, I was speaking at uh, the Iowa Day at the Capitol or Rally Day where, you know, all the homeschoolers meet at the State House and and uh, talk with their representatives. We heard from the governor, who was amazing. And I, I met this new homeschooling mom, Annie. And Annie said that this was her first year to homeschool. She started homeschooling her kids because of the virtual education. She just, she just wasn't happy with it. But before she switched to homeschooling, she said they were in a school district that she really trusted. And then as she sat and listened to the virtual education, she couldn't believe the things that her kids were being taught. Mm 
and not being taught um, in the school district that she trusted. And the second thing she said happened was she said, Sam, my kids were in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays. They grew up with us in church. And my son, her son was 11 and ADHD, so he wasn't always, you know, you have to work with focus. I had a child like that too. And he said to her one day, this was their first year of homeschooling and out of public school. He said, mom, I got to tell you this. Did you know that God is everywhere and in everything? I mean, mom, God is in math. God is in my reading book. God is in history. And she said it was such a profound moment for her because she realized, just like you're saying today, that is something, especially in the culture we live in, um, we've got to teach our children you know, about Christ and biblical worldview and about loving our neighbor. And all of that is part of the same process and should never be um, dissected or or pulled apart from our teaching time. Absolutely. And it's part of, uh, for our family, you know, we all have that verse. Maybe we don't all have it. But, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My son and his wife and their kids are an extension. We That's how we raised our kids. Now they have their own homes. And I want that for their children and their children's children, you know, as well. And so in in your helping with your grandkids and helping with your nieces and nephews and whoever is is homeschooling, you're reinforcing those same biblical values in, in the way you live and the conversations you have. And to have the tool of a curriculum that also does that, I'm just reinforcing what they've already taught and are teaching in their home. Um, it's not that that's not happening in their home, and it's not that it's not happening in their church. But as parents, and we know that verse about teaching our kids diligently, we are the ones responsible for teaching our children that. And so we've got to be super careful that we don't um, make the school or make even the curriculum default. That's our responsibility. The curriculum is a tool for me to use and not the rule, <laughs> the tool. Yeah, and not it, is, the rule. it is clear. It is clearly not the rule. Absolutely, it's not the rule. However, you know, for me, I, I look at what I want her to know, and I'm looking at what her parents want her to know, and so I may use the lesson in math that way, but I may go off far off of that and go, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go, We're, you know, maybe she's in high school. We're going to go see what it takes to buy a piece of land. And the Bible says in Esther, you know, that, or in Ruth, he kept this portion of land for, you know, for widows and for that. So what does that look like? And I might go way off of that lesson somewhere just to, teach that lesson because it's there for today. And so, um, you know, a parent needs to have some level of a scope and sequence outside of the curriculum too. What do you want your kids to know? What do you want them to know about God? What at the end of the day do you hope and pray for, for them? And a lot of times I'll tell parents, you know, when the new year comes, I always had goals for my kids, what I wanted them to learn, but I also had spiritual goals or things to aim for. Like, okay, I see we're really struggling with being covetous or, we're really struggling with being able to share or being patient. Um, so we're going to focus. We're really going to focus on this right now. And that may show up in spelling and that may show up in reading. And we may adjust our lessons to work on that. Um, but a curriculum is a way to do that. And again, it brings up things you may not even be thinking about. 
but um, it does give you a tool. And it is nice to have someone already think through those things at such a high level for you. But it's still, as a homeschooling parent, something you can take in and use easily for your child. Sharon, let me ask you this as we close. If somebody in, like I said earlier, BJU Press uh, is the sponsor of the Zan Tyler podcast. If people are interested in the curriculum, how can they find out more information about it? Oh, we would love for them to go to our website. Um, you can always go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. Uh, uh, my favorite website to share is HomeschoolHelp.com. That is uh, Homeworks by Precept. And we have, and I know you've talked about this before, about two homeschool, 200 homeschooling moms across the nation. We have several uh, in Canada. We have one in Puerto Rico right now, and uh, we have some that speak Spanish. We have one that speaks uh, Mandarin, and we're co constantly working on um, more associations with moms who use the material, but they can actually help you. Uh, now, these are homeschool moms who are consultants. Yes, these are yeah, consultants. Okay. So, these are moms who use the material uh, primarily or generally the majority of the material and have experience, several years of experience using it. But, you know, we don't want you to just cold order something and not know what you're getting. We want you to understand, hey, what's, what does your family really need? What does your child, what is, where does your child fall in reading or math? Where is there a struggle somewhere or is your child advanced somewhere? So we try to get them in the right uh, level where they're, where they're comfortable and where you feel like, especially if you've come from another school situation and you're afraid maybe there's a gap. Um, and so the way to order or get some advice is through those homeschool moms because they've, they've got hours and hours and hours and, and so, Sharon, how, how can with. they find a consultant in their area? If so, if you go to today. homeschoolhelp.com forward slash map, uh, you can find someone. You can also message me on the Homeworks by Preset Facebook page. I run that page, um, and I'll get you one. Um, sometimes if you have trouble reaching one, you can message the page, or you can email the place to email, and we'll put you in touch with a mom. You can email, talk on the phone ask questions. There's never an obligation. There's never um, a sales push. Most of us um, are very much ministry minded. And our goal is, hey, listen, we love homeschool. We love homeschoolers. We want to help you. What can we do to help you homeschool successfully? We think this material works really well. Let's see if we can make a fit for your family, find good pricing for you, make it affordable. Um, and then support you because once you order, we don't want you to just be left on your own. If you don't want to be left on your own, we want you to feel like, hey, I can do this or I have questions. I don't know what this means or where do I find these things? So that's why I recommend the homeschoolhelp.com um, place to go to webs a website to order. So that way you're getting some handholding a little bit if you want it. If you don't want it, you don't need it. Don't ask for it. That's fine. But at least you'll get an order with, with some savings and a homeschooling parent overseeing the order to make sure you're getting what you need. Well, Sharon, thank you so much. And thank you for being here with us today. If there are grandparents out there who have questions, how can they reach you, Sharon? Where can they find you? I know you do a lot of social media. Yes. So um, Homeworks by Precept is our page, uh, but you can email me. I'm happy to answer your questions. Uh, S. Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R, at homeschoolhelp.com. 
and just mentioned you saw something on Zan's podcast. Or again, if you want to message the Homeworks by Preset Facebook page. Um, and which is also homeschoolhelp.com, which is a little is. bit easier to find, homeschoolhelp.com. It, it's right. a wonderful thing, right? And if you go there, <laughs> if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll see all of our blog, our YouTube channel. You'll see how to contact us. All that stuff is there as well. Uh, we'll connect you to somebody, answer your questions, provide whatever support you need. But um, we're just happy to be able to interact with families and encourage them. And gosh, if we see more kids being homeschooled for the glory of God, we're we're all for that. And I'm excited Amen. to be able to help. Yeah. Amen. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for being with us today. And we really appreciate your life and your input. Thanks, Anne. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantaller.com. Until next time, see you later.